I'm Megan Lawrence, and welcome to the Wild Leaders Podcast. Wild stands for Whole and Intentional Leader Development, and in this episode, you'll be listening to one of our Wild Conversations. Wild Conversations are interactive virtual experiences every Friday for one hour with leaders from around the country. It's no cost to join or attend, and you can sign up by visiting wildleaders.org backslash wildconversation. You can also listen on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Please follow us and subscribe. Wild Conversations are led by our founder and CEO, Dr. Rob McKenna. Named one of the top 30 IO psychologists alive today, Dr. McKenna is passionate about developing leaders and transforming the way we see people in our organizations. As he will tell you, we have the tools at our fingertips to invest in our people in ways that are meaningful to them and will get the results we need. 30 years of research has taught us how much people learn and grow on the job. We have what it takes to create rich learning environments for the people we lead, and all we have to do is begin to act on what we know. Thanks for joining this wild conversation. So some of you know that I, you know, I spent 25 years as a university professor, and so this is my only chance now. Um, I'm kidding about that, but it's, it's, it's actually a chance to break down some concepts with, uh, that have been unpacking for years, and so grateful that all of you are in the conversation today and, and listening in um, and then being active participants in it. And so let's get into this, this half-truth of humility, and it's, uh, it's an interesting topic just to, to like bring a lot of conviction. Let's talk about humility. Let's be humble. Um, and so, so I, I hopefully am approaching this with a tremendous amount of this um, so that I'm somehow not internally ironic. But, uh, but this whole, this is such a fascinating area that I've had a chance to think about for years. I was looking back and at some of the writing and even done some writing with some people who are here today. Um, and I wrote a whole book about <laughs> called Dying to Lead that had a lot to do with this. Um, just all these different journal articles. I was going through this stuff and, and reading other people's thinking on it. And so I'm excited to get into this. I will ask for this. Um, I, as always with this conversation, I ask for a lot of grace um, because as Daniel said, I'm, I'm just, um, I don't know, I have a lot of conviction, those of you that know me, but at the same time, uh, I need a lot of grace because I think this is a chance for us to actually do this together because we are better thinkers together. And so I'm not here to sort of give you some answers, then you go away and it fades away, but let's crowdsource this together because I know that we all have our own bespoke story into these things. Um, and so I do, I would ask, I do have one request, request, and it is this, that we do not avoid the personal controversy or soften the sting of humility when necessary. Um, that would be my one request, is that we don't avoid or that we don't soften the potential sting that come, may come with this sometimes. And so that's, and for some, and again, if you kind of don't like what I just said, then let's wrestle through that, okay? But I think there is sometimes a sting. And here's my, here's my thesis. So uh, Daniel and I will talk oftentimes in, uh, about what is the thesis of, of any kind of topic we're thinking through. And this, was, this is the thesis. So if you remember nothing else, um, maybe it's this that humility is a chosen posture in relationship to others. That humility is a chosen posture in relationship to others. And here's the second part of the thesis. Um, and it, it, is, it is not possible without its mirror twin. 
um, and its mirror twin is, you could use a lot of different words, but let's just use a psychological word, self-efficacy. That humility comes in relationship. And I, I think of mirror twin because some of you know Dr. Joey Collins. He is a mirror twin. So if you look at him and you look at his brother, they're, they're mirrors of each other. <laughs> so literally their parts are on the opposite side. It's kind of weird when you think of it that way. But that humility comes in a package deal, which I'll break down in just a moment. Um, so let's, let's get into this. Uh, oh, and this is a wild proposition and a wild conversation. When I say that, what I mean is like we are interested in kind of the surprising, um, the nuance, the real, and the whole conversation about topics like this, um, even when it may not be culturally popular to do so. That we, we are interested in this. What is the, what is the deeper research behind something look like? And what, is, what are some, what's some of the nuance that makes it actually real? Um, and so let me lay this, let me lay this out there. First of all, is that I do have a fundamental conviction that some of you have heard from me in the past that in our world, um, if you look around, people follow conviction. People follow leaders who bring a very strong voice, sometimes no matter what that voice is, but people are looking for conviction from leaders. But I also believe that they are drawn to humility. There is, a, there is a draw toward this, and, and humility has a lot of other working parts. So let me start off by defining humility. And all I'm going to do before, as we set up this conversation, is give you like about seven bullet points. And, uh, and so you can pick and choose from which one. It's like, I feel like we're all just like, you know, we just, you guys will tear into one of these that, that is, you're most drawn to, and that's the point. But here's the fundamental definition of humility. And I think this is interesting, that humility is defined as a modest or low view of one's own importance. Okay, so that, and that's one. Most of the definitions are revolve around that. A modest or low view of one's importance. And then, uh, then I also am very interested in deconstruction and getting to the root of words. So the, the Latin root in the word humility is H-U-M, the hume part, which, which in, in many different, this is just some language to define, describe what it means in Latin. It means like from the dirt, okay? in the dirt. It also, like, it also means like grounded or from the ground. And so it's interesting because the dirt being like the lowest space. And so you think about being human is being, is like back to the ground. And I think this concept of like real and human conversations is back to the basics. It's like getting, it's getting, and it, the basics being the lowering of oneself is part of the human equation. Um, and that's where I'm saying, I think this is a little bit, this is where the controversy kicks in. So that's the definition is a modest or low view of one's own importance. The Latin being um, this concept of in the dirt or, or back to the ground, like lowering to the lowest levels. Um, now, so let me, let me just now get into some of these. These are my bullet points around this topic. These are some of the things that I think are pieces of this puzzle. And, uh, and one thing is this. I'm going to read to you. I think this is my first point. <laughs> I get so excited. Pick up your coffee, by the way. If you haven't had a drink yet, I need more. Thank you. I see you, people. I see you. I raise a toast to you. Um, so here we go. Humility implies an ascension. If, if humility is about a lowering, what's implied is a rising. All right? And so 
uh, I'm just going to read uh, this this section from my this next book I'm working on around this concept of whole and humility is certainly a part of that equation. And so I'm going to read you uh, a piece of that. But think about what ascension looks like. Sometimes uh, ascension psychologically and personally includes things like ascension of power, position, ascension of power, ascension of efficacy, of confidence, of conviction, of courage. So it's it's like it's a building up. It's a rising of these things. And what I'm suggesting is that, that as I said before, that, that mirror twin idea is that it, it's there. You can't lower yourself unless you have risen. Are you with me? It's kind of interesting to think about it that way. Like it's, it's, when we talk about humility, you almost can't talk about it without the, the rising. So let me read you what I wrote. And this is, this is me. Uh, sometimes I, I just write better than I think out loud. So let me read this. And I, I wrote this. Stories. Let's talk about descent. Stories of descent are often difficult to tell of, of lowering because they highlight things about ourselves that we already know, but may not be received well by others. Descent is countercultural because our society is so often built on the assumption of the opposite, of an ascent into perceived greatness. We can't raise up leaders of character or be them until we create a pathway for seeing and identifying people who are willing to lower themselves. Now, this is, this is actually, I got a little knot in my stomach when I read that, because that means you, Rob. Like, what does this mean for you? Um, there really is no way to shortcut or to wordsmith humility or lowering oneself without turning it into false humility or martyrdom. If the formula for vulnerability always ends with the purpose of success, then we might miss the point. That isn't to say that success isn't possible or an appropriate goal, but when humility and personal sacrifice are done for the sake of personal gain, we fail to unleash the potential it offers. And, this is the, and hear this, while ascent may be the catalyst for success, descent is the catalyst for growth. The cultural paradigm of upward movement is based on a fundamental set of assumptions that define the primary developmental objective as better performance. Now I'm going all organizational. <laughs> if I'm doing better, both feeling better and doing better than others, I'm succeeding. And by default, I'm ascending. In contrast, a lowering or humbling of oneself is based on the primary objective of remaining in the process of becoming a better version of myself for my, for my own sake and for the sake of others. The challenge is this, that it's easier to define ourselves by upward movement, even when we may only have a 50% chance of succeeding. There is no guarantee of success. While descent, while descent or lowering of oneself doesn't guarantee growth, it certainly doesn't leave the advancement of our character to chance. It opens up pathways to a deeper sense of contribution, of calling, of purpose, and here's the controversial one, because there are a lot of organizational people out, out there, and even love. Descent into our character requires an openness to the possibility that we may need to change, and that change will likely require a new level of vulnerability and of humility. And, and here's, here, here's this, this thing about ascension. This is, where, this is my main point in that, is I'm just, this is kind of pointed at, like, culturally speaking, even when we talk about humility, we speak about it in ways that include an ascent. Like we want this leader who's humble. The real conversation is, 
is that this thing is in this wonderful dance. Like this concept of lowering oneself requires the possibility of raising ourselves. So that, that's, that's my first point. And I'll come back to that. Um, the second thing is this. Humility is, uh, is relationally, like relationship is everything. Like it, it, to, when we talk about humility, um, it, is, it is not only that, but it's, it's, it's also an awareness that it's not, it's not a comparison to others, but it involves other people. And so it's, it's like, it's a consideration of where other people are and considering ourselves, lowering ourselves below that. Um, and, and that is such a crazy thing to even think about. And also realizing this, that people's position with one another not only is important, but to realize that some people, humility isn't the key that they need. There are those who need to, who, who need to rise up or be held up and, and to develop that sense of efficacy because they haven't risen yet to actually humble themselves to think about what humility would look like. And there are other people who have ascended in certain moments and it changes. And here's what's, what's amazing, you all. It's like, I, I'm going to give a couple of India references. When I'm in India, so um, I think of uh, this, the groups of students and leaders that we work with there. In many cases, because they see me as a professor, and I'm, I'm describing what some of them perceive. Not, I'm not speaking for everybody, but some of them perceive me that way. So they will take a posture of, of, that looks like humility with me. They will, they will come, you know, they actually, even in their body, the, the way that they are with me, which always makes me feel kind of weird because it's a little different there. It's just different, culturally speaking. But I, but I watch them with their friends. And some of those same people don't take that position with one another. And so it's interesting because it takes us thinking about different relationships of our life and what humbling ourselves in different moments looks like. Here's the third thing. And I've said this already, that humility is a posture of intentional lowering of oneself. Okay. Now this, some of you are going to push back. I know some of you on here are going like, I don't get that, Rob. I don't think it's an intentional posture. I want to suggest that it is. Humility is a posture of intentional lowering of oneself. So listen to this. To be knocked down is not necessarily humbling. And I have an example of this. Like when I was, and I'm going to overshare. <laughs> Some of you know this about me, but when I was a PhD student, uh, yeah, I failed my comprehensive exam. Yeah, some of you are like, yeah! Mutual, I love, <laughs> give me a little bit of encouragement, but it's a lot to share. So like, yeah, Dr. McKenna, some of you are like, okay, I'm going to click the sign off, leave meeting right now. Like, this is not where I want to be because there's no credibility. But it's like, that's my reality is I, I, it was one of the hardest moments of my life was because I had, I put so much identity into this moment that I failed my comprehensive exams. And you know what, what I would say about this is I don't, I personally, because it's my story, I don't see it as a humbling moment. I don't think it was. It was interesting. Moments where we are beaten up, and I think that's an interesting phrase, beaten up. It, it, it actually built fortitude in me to do other things. But I know the moments where I have felt like I have chosen to, to see the, the humility in the moment of it when I, when I felt that. That wasn't one of them. So I think the interesting thing is, is to say, like, just because you go through something hard or a failure or a mistake doesn't mean it's necessarily going to humble you. It's interesting, right? It's in, but so I think there's a, there's a sense in which are you willing or able to see it? And, and is, it the, is it the thing to see? That, that, that humility is a moment of intention. So that's number three. Number four, 
It is personally controversial. Humility is, I think there's, it's very difficult to remove the controversy of it. I, very quickly, I was, uh, I work with a leader in India who has, he's probably got a couple hundred thousand people in his care. He's got like thousands of orphans, quite literally widows that I've met, like groups of widows um, and people with, uh, people with leprosy that I've met many of these communities. This is who's in his care. And then leaders, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of leaders who have a scope of influence that's incredible. So this is the leader I'm describing with a mentoring voice in my life and a dear friend. And I walk out of a session where I was speaking to several hundred of his leaders and I walk out and this is what he said to me. He said, Rob, why don't your students carry your bag? Because there were several doctoral students with me. <laughs> I'm laughing at some of your faces. I can see a couple. Why don't your students carry your bag? And I said to him, uh, no, that wouldn't work very well. Like that, culturally speaking, doesn't work. Like it doesn't happen in the U.S. And he, this is what he said to me. He said, here on this campus in India, the students here would feel it was an honor to carry your bag. And I was like, I don't, I don't like this whole conversation. <laughs> You know, and then, and then he said, and he described to me also why they sometimes will touch my feet as a professor. What they do is they touch the feet of a professor. And so all this stuff's happening. And then you know what he did? This is a guy with a couple hundred thousand incredible people in his care. He took my bag from me. We're standing on the steps. And he started to carry it across campus. And I have a picture of this moment because I was like, what are you, what are you doing? You know, like. I have a picture of me following him, carrying my bag and his bag. And I look so sheepish and weird in that picture because I was so, it was so controversial to me that he was carrying my bag. And I, I say that because it was like, uh, it was the controversy of what it meant for him to choose to do something that I wanted to stop from happening. If you know what I'm saying, like everything in me wanted to go like this, I'm, but it would have been weird for me to fight him for the bag. You know what I'm saying? You picture me with this leader, just like swinging with the bag, but it's a, it is a, it's a controversial thing. And some of you have your own way of thinking about that. Um, I would also say this, that as part of that, and this is, this is uh, my next thing. Number five is that humility oftentimes it involves a personal sacrifice. That there's something that it, it likely, our lowering of ourselves likely will cost us something. And I think in certain parts of the world, this is the real conversation is I know in certain parts of the world, in certain, in certain cultures, in certain organizational business cultures, where the business proposition there, if you are kind to people, it will show your weakness. And in some parts of the world, it will show you are lower caste. It will be an indication of your lowness. And it will be fought against and it will be, it will be persecuted. So I think we have to be really careful in like that there is a cost of, of this in some cases for many people. And in some, some cases in the world, it's actually punished. I, I, we have many people from the kindness games who are here. And Tim, thanks for, you know, your connections to your community and what we're so grateful for our work with you and our partnership. But I, I, this is when I think about the kindness games, it is, it is the right thing to do. But I would say also, like, this is why I describe it. We're in this fight together because the culture will push back. And in some cases, it will cost us something to be, to be fighting for this. But here's why, that's my list of, thing, of fodder for this. But here's why I think this is so important. I would suggest 
that the concept of humility, not the concept, the reality of the necessity for humility that we are, we are just dying for in our world is probably one of the most powerful redemptive forces imaginable. And it's connected into many other things. Um, but there's so much in the person, our personal experience of this that is so controversial because it, it causes me to say like, when am I willing to lower myself and, and not do it with all the weird other voices that come into that. Like, if you ask most leaders, like, are you humble? They will say no. No, I'm not humble. Well, your no, I'm not humble is not the end of the story. Like, the real conversation is, what does it feel like in those moments where you have considered of intentionally lowering your, yourself? And it affects all kinds of organizational systems and structures. Think about succession planning. You know what, what, what the word that we use, so, and I'm not, I'm not saying this word's bad, but just think about it. Like the word that makes us more comfortable when you think about succession planning is legacy. And what legacy is about is what you're going to be remembered for. <laughs> and I'm not saying that's, a, that's a necessarily a bad framing, but when it comes to humility and a lowering of myself, what if it's not about me being remembered for anything? What if it's about actually setting up systems for someone else to succeed and do it their way? Um, like that, I'm telling you, y'all, I feel like I'm punching myself in the gut right now. Like if I had a self-punching bag, I am that. Or it's, it's like, and so I think there's interesting to think about what is, success plan is an interesting example, or what would it mean to develop cultures, organizational cultures, where there was a, a better invitation to the possibility of both courage and humility? Because one thing that's, that is killing me right now is this in culture is that we are, we are saying these are the kinds of leaders we want. And we are complaining about the leaders. And I have two things about that. If I'm not willing to consider it myself, I need to shut up. First of all, like I need to be really careful personally about that. I'm trying to be because I'm, I'm, as, I'm as anybody about this. But here's what I think about that's not being talked about as much what would it take to invest in this next and current generation of leaders to get those things, to get leaders who are both, to back to my original thesis, who bring a, a potential for humility, but also bring a strong efficacy and courage and conviction because both are necessary. And in fact, they don't exist without the other. What would it take for us to, to, to invest in those kinds of leaders? But we have, but I think it has to start with us. Because if, if the conversation right now just goes into like, yeah, let's talk about how to build them. And we don't think about it, how are we being those people? Then I, I would feel like it would be, it might be a miss, but you get to go where you want to go. Um, and then there's two oh. kinds of voices. I'll finish with this. If there's anybody here in the conversation saying like, it just doesn't work that way, Rob. You know, I don't get it. Like, this is very confusing, and I just don't think it works this way. Um, then talk about that, first of all. <laughs> but the second thing is, and some of you might be saying, easier said than done. To which I would say, amen to that. Like, yes, maybe, it's, maybe this is easier said than done. Um, but I also know that there are some of you who might be agreeing too quickly <laughs> with what I'm describing. And I, want, I just think it's important we have permission for all of our voices to be in this. Um, and what would it begin to look like for ourselves and for others around us if we could begin to, to build systems in a culture where um, humility and courage are, that is, that is the one thing you all that I hope that you hear. Like it, it is necessary to think about both and it's necessary to see leaders so that we can 
you know, we have different needs when it comes to humility, when it comes to courage and conviction and efficacy and seeing people for where they are. That's the thing that's not talked about. And that's the thing I, that, that paradox or those, those, those mirror twins is it, it has to be in the conversation at the same time. Thanks for joining this wild conversation. If you'd like to learn more about wild leaders, visit us at wildleaders.org. If you want to purchase the Wild Toolkit, visit wildtoolkit.com. If you'd like to join the interactive live recording with other leaders, sign up at wildleaders.org backslash wildconversation. I'm Megan Lawrence. Have a great day.